Good morning, brothers and sisters. A very good morning to you all. I hope everyone have a very wonderful week. I know, I think we all know that once, um, once every month, as a church, we share the Holy Communion together to remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as redemption for our sins. And through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and subsequent resurrections, our sins are forgiven. And we are accepted back into God's family as his precious children. At the same time, as Christians, we have also the privilege of conquering death together with Jesus and now can have eternal life. It's really through God's grace and his great love that we as sinners are being spared of our deserved judgment but are being rewarded with the eternal gift. Right? So this is indeed something we should always remember and be grateful. Right? Before we participate in the Holy Communion as a church, I'm asked to share a short message with you all and hope this message can be encouragement to you all, especially during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic, when a lot of us are doing it tough and facing hardship and uncertainty in our lives, in a career, in a study, and in families. So hopefully, this passage can encourage every one of us in some way. Okay? So today, I'd like to share with you a parable from the New Testament. This parable should be very familiar to every one of you. This is a parable of the Shoah. Right? This parable is recorded in three of the four Gospels. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verse, verses 1 to 23, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 to 20, and the Gospel of Luke, 8, chapter 8, verses 4 to 15. For the sake of time, I will only read from the shortest one, that's from the Gospel of Luke, that only have about from the verses 4 to 15. So let's look with it together, okay? So, I'm reading from the new NIV version. Start, the, the passage starts like this. While a large group crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told his, this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was gathering the seed, somewhere among the plough, it was trampled on and the birds ate up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants did because they have no moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a clock a hundred times more than was so. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to listen, let him hear. His disciple asked him what the parable mean. He said, The knowledge of the Secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parable, so that those seeing, they may not see. Those hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. Right? The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. 
They believe for a while, but in the but in time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by love's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seeds on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. Right. So this is what is recorded down in the Gospel of Luke about the parable of Shoah, I think, which is very, I think most of us have heard a bit, have heard of it many, many times. Right? So the thing is, uh, what are the importance of parable in the Bible? Right? A parable is really a tale about a simple, common subject to illustrate a deeper, variable moral lessons. Right? The parable of Jesus actually made up a crucial part of the Bible. And the Jesus has a wisdom to simplify the, a profound spiritual truth he needs to convey to humanity in the form of story that we can relate to and easy to understand. Right? Parable, actually, as Jesus said here, is to conceal and reveal truth at the same time. So what, why Jesus wants to conceal the truth is that he really wants to conceal the truth to those who will reject the gospel because of the hardness of their heart, right? So here, let's very briefly talk about what Jesus talked about, right? Death. Well, actually, what's important for us, for any of the things in the Bible, is what is the significance for today, right? I think it's more important, right? So I think we all know that the man who went out to sow the seed really represent God who wants to gift his messages to humanity, right? So he go out, plant the seed, and expect it to grow, right? And there's four types of response we have here, and the four types of outcome. There's the first one, they fell on the ground, people don't listen to it, and they break it away, really are those people who don't have a, live a Christian life at all. So they basically totally reject it because they are so deeply involved in this worldly matter dominated by Satan. So they won't listen to any of the God's words at all, right? And then those who fell on the rocky ground are the people who initially welcome it. And come, and, but the whole problem is that they cannot commit a Christian life. And they're initially affected, but when going gets tough, they give up, right? They have no root, they, they do not mature, they don't allow it to grow, and so that the, the gospel will not take root in their heart, right? And the third one, again, they grow, they are separate, but the problem is that they are choked by thorns. What are the thorns there? There are too many other worries or temptation in life in a, in a situation, right? We are always trying to peace people. We're trying to get gains in our life. So instead of giving God's message, the priority, they were gradually choked away by the overgrowth of the other plants, which are not what God has wanted to grow, right? And finally, the group, very simple, are the people who have the strong faith, and remain dedicated to the thing and the plant growth, right? So this is what is recorded down in the, what, by the gospel and what Jesus told the, told the disciples at meaning, right? So in a way that you can see from this one, the deciding factor, whether the seeds will grow or not, depends on two things. One is the condition of the soil, and the second is the environment, right? So very simple, I think we all know what does the soil means Represent in this gospel. 
it represents our heart, also our attitude towards God. Right? Um, talk about many, many times about when I asked to give the thing, it's about the 4G, but people say that, hey, Shuchun, you are very behind. Nowadays, it's a 5G, right? So, but actually, there are 5Gs, right? We always remember God, go, glory, glory, and the, the 5G is any really gains, right? So if we put the other 4G behind, before God, our heart is hardened. Our attitude is wrong. Without the right attitude, we cannot have right living. And without right living, we cannot have spiritual growth. That's, that's precise what it's about. But again, we, we talk about a parable that Jesus reveals something and he conceals something, right? What is recorded down here is probably part of the thing Jesus wants us to know, but you will look a bit deeper. What other things can we show from this parable? Actually, when I read this fully and think about it, at least the two other things we can read from this course, the parable. The first one is God's boundless love for humankind. Right? The second one is that God expects every Christian to grow and bear fruit. Right? The two things that I read myself and think that these are the things Jesus probably haven't record down by the, but in the gospel, but we should beware of it. So how does this parable show God's boundless love for us? Right? Remember, when a parable is to give a story relevant to the time that people can relate it to. Remember, during that time, it's essentially an agricultural society. Right? Any good seeds are variable possession and asset to a farmer. They would not be wasted by the farmer. Why? Because his next harvest and his livelihood will depend on the seeds germinating and grow in the good crops for his next year, right? So in no way will he waste it. So before he sold any seeds, he will carefully prepare the soil and not waste them on infertile ground. But in this, but in this parable, remember, God is sowing his precious seeds in all different kinds of soil, hoping the seeds to grow in rather useless soil. So in other words, God has given every one of us the chance to experience His love and salvation through Jesus Christ. So let's, why do I say that? I can give you many, many Bible passages to, to prove it, but I only give you two here, okay? The one here, two here. One, the first one is from 1 Timothy verses two, uh, chapter 2, verse 4, where you say that, who want all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So really, God really don't want just someone. God wants everyone. So that's why he's wasting a lot of his precious seeds on a lot of people he know that are hopeless. But actually, we all are hopeless anyway, okay? So don't be, don't be too proud, all right? The important thing now, the second passage, similar thing, is talk about Matthew. In from Matthew chapter 5, verses 45, what you say here, that you may be children of your Father in heaven, he causes the sun to shine on the evil and the good and send rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. So really, God not only loves Christians, He loves everyone, although we are sinners. He wants everyone of us to give us the opportunity to repent. This can show God's boundless love, whatever it weighs. Right? For us, we would selectively choose to benefit certain people. But no, God wants everyone to have a chance. It's very important. 
The second one, which is told here, is that what I say is that God expects Christians to grow and bear fruit. Right? I just read one passage. We've got the two passages again, but there are too many passages to do that. Right? But only, I only give about 20 minutes or so. So I'm now about halfway through. So I need to be cut down a bit on the theme. Okay? So the first reading I'll, I'll read from is from 2 Peter, verses 1, 5 to 8. For I'll read from here and again from the NIV. It said, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the way that this shows that God wants us to grow, right? We cannot just become a baby all our life, right, in the thing. The second thing about Hebrew is from Hebrew, uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let's move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from exile to death and the faith of God. So again, both of the things, one is from Peter, one is from you know, Hebrew, not always from Paul, but they always support that we have to grow, right? So in other words, God our Father does not want us as his children to become spiritual dwarf. We never grow. We are retarded in some way, right? And also, our Father also does not want us to become spiritually obese. So sit down there every day, listen to the gospel, no action, we grow fatter and fatter. The BMI is the, what, the healthy limit and what is detrimental, not only the health, but same, same thing. If we have spiritual obesity, it also be detrimental to our spiritual health. It's important. Right? So we, he wants every one of us to have normal growth in our spiritual life and also become mature and pleasing to him. That's important. What's important now is that how can we do it? What to understand, right? So the first one that we talk about is that first and foremost, we must understand and appreciate God's boundless love for every one of us, whether sinner or non, not our Christians alive. God loves every one of us. He gives us opportunity, right? And also, for us Christians, we must also keep vigilance on the negative influence of this world. There are so many temptations in the world, we can be easily distracted. We talk about the, the art, I just talked about 5G not long ago, remember? There are the other 4Gs, can what you call very easily distract from what our priorities should be. All right? So, again, another point which are very important about the, which are in the Bible, in this, in this parable, is that every Christian should also act as a shower of the seeds. What they say so, right? Remember, let's read John, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. That's what Jesus tells us. A new commandment I give you, love one, one, uh, one another, as I love you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Therefore, as a Christian, we must also strive to, to help each other to improve our relationship with God, to grow. Remember, when you grow seeds, you plants, I think we all know, you've done through some gardening, we need to weed, we need to water, we need to get away with the pest. 
if we help each other to get rid of those things, we can have spiritual growth together. This is important. Right? So, how do we do it? Unfortunately, oftentimes, we think that we can do it ourselves, but no, we can't. We are weak. We must acknowledge the, the uh, weakness. Right? For example, in the Gospel of Mark, we say that one of the persons come to beg Jesus to save the child. He will say that, I believe, but I don't have enough faith. Please pay for me. For us, the same thing. We, we, we must realize that we have limited ability. We don't have what the enough faith to do it. And we must depend on one source. If we don't have this source, we have problem. What's this source? That's what Jesus talked about in John chapter 15, verse 5 to 8. I'm the wine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I am on you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Very simple. Right? If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and thither. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. Right? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and I will done for you. This is the Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So the important thing for us is that we must recognize that although we can appreciate God's love, we want to help in the process to grow in ourselves and our people. We are, not, we are basically not in love power and we're powerless if we don't become the branch attached to the eternal wine. That's Jesus, right? If, without, without a tap, it's just like the electricity. Without a current, we don't pay the bill, nothing will come up, right? You turn it, right? That's important, okay? But remember one thing, that's a big question. As a Christian, as Jesus Christ has set us already on a path, we can be assured that He will guide us to our eternal destination. But there's something which encourage others. With God's help, with Jesus, the Spirit, and Jesus, we be able to reach the destination that God desired everyone us to have. So this is as more important during this time of hardship that everyone is going tough in some way. Right? So the encouragement is that we are not dependent on our own power to fight this battle. We are dependent on God, which have limitless, limitless power to help us through this any difficulty or any, any patches in our life anyway. Okay. So I hope this is of some encouragement to everyone of us. Right? So let's pray together before we participate in the Holy Communion to remember God's boundless love for us especially. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to share in this uh, parable what is concealed and not concealed in this parable. But Father, let's understand that we must prepare attitude and our heart to be able to be fertile ground for your seeds to grow. Not only to grow, but to allow it to mature. Let's be vigilant of all the barrier and all the other side temptation that are going to take away the message from us and cause us to lose our benefit of being the children of God. Father, give us the, the humility to acknowledge that we are powerless, we cannot do all the things to grow and to appreciate love in the right manner all the time. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit will guide us every day, every way that we'll be able to grow, but not only grow personally, but also grow a group as a church so that every one of us can reach spiritual maturity according to your plan in your time. 
Father, we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So, okay. So, after finishing this one, we now share in the Holy Communion. Again, if those who hasn't got the emblem yet, I give you one minute to go and get that from your kitchen to get ready. Okay. So, in the meantime, let's, let me read a passage to you before we start the thing. Again, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22 B to 30. Okay, let's, let's start reading now. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and we gave him thanks, he blocked it and said, This is my body, which was for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This, is the, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever... You eat this bread and drink this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until it comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine himself before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. So, brother and sister, let's Parted the emblem together. Okay, let's pray together. Okay. Dear Lord, I thank you for time to be able to share the, the emblem, to know about your boundless love and how you sent your only son, Jesus, to die to pay for our sins. To, as a redemption for us from death. Father, we always forget about this grace and this mercy that you show us, but allow us to be able to always remember wherever in our life so that we'll be a worthy children to you in every day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope everyone will have a wonderful week. And remember, we can do everything through Jesus Christ. Thank you.